Okay, now we can do a show. Do you got water? I have a water, yeah. I All mean... Right. I have coffee. You uh, hydrate, I dehydrate. Okay, that's our new show. The Yin and Yang. By the end, you're just crying and I'm pissing all over the place. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. When is this going to be on TV? Uh, first, it's going to be on Record Player. Oh. Who's the best deal I could get? Did you get my podcast player? on record? We have, we have each episode... If we had a billion dollars, we could do that. Have each episode pressed into a record, sell 100 copies. Well, I got a deal with us for KTEL. KTEL? Yeah. What's KTEL? You don't know what KTEL is? Uh-uh. You don't remember those commercials back they, they, when you used to be able to buy albums and cassettes, and it was a mix. They would be like, the love songs by KTEL. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The cheesy... So they're going to do just the best mix of our show? Yes. From KTEL? Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Well, <clears throat> sorry if I, <clears throat> I'm trying to get my, how's that? Is that better? I feel like my voice is a little high on the I show. I would say 60% of the shows have you uh, clearing your throat or coughing in them. Yeah, I cough a lot, man. I don't know. Is it from the heroin? No, I mean, I've been Does to the- heroin do- make you cough? I don't, I mean, if you're smoking it, maybe. Oh, okay. Crack That's cocaine? A, um, no, I'm not doing the crack no, cocaine. No, no, I'm, I'm asking the question. What Does it make you cough? I think anything you inhale would, could possibly make you cough. What's the drug that makes you, your armpits stink? Is that mad? I mean, all of them, really. <laughs> if you just stop showering and keep doing drugs, I guess. Oh, um, sorry. No, you were, just, you were eating a little bit there. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, but isn't there one that specifically... Uh, Makes your armpit smell? Well, like, yeah, your teeth get all well, meth, gross. Well, I mean, and, meth and speed in general. Anything you grind your teeth, your teeth oh, are eventually going to fall out. My kid grinds his teeth every night, and it's really bad. And I gotta, Can you he's hear gotta, it? Yeah, he's oh. got to stop taking meth before bed because... Well, you got to stop feeding it to him. Did you get him a, he can get a, because I, I grind my teeth and I have like a mouth guard. I know, but I mean, come on. Are you seriously going to get a 10-year-old to put a mouth guard in every night? Dude, I was surprised that they got a 40-year-old to do it because I was like trying to impress my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, I can't put this in around. Like, Wait until you really put my mouth guard with your oh. sleep apnea machine that you have to put on your... Do you do, you do a sleep no, apnea? No, oh. uh, I know somebody that does. I mean, have you seen those things? Yeah, that's like you, outer space. You're like a stormtrooper yeah. like inside an ad ad or yeah, something. Yeah, you're Matt Damon in the Martians. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, those are sad moments in your life. You're like, really? So uh, I can't just be normal like somebody else. I can't just roll over and stop this. What I have to do is uh, I have to wear a machine. But is is that cause? Is that a, a health issue? Is that like you have poor health? So it's kind of like if you don't eat right or you smoke a lot or. I mean, those are some of the the, the factors. I think yeah. that there's. I, I think. That you, and if you don't I, get that, do you just die? No, you can't. You know, it, it's you basically stop. Breathing while you're right, sleeping, and right. sometimes you just like Reggie White. That's what he died of. And he just stopped. Now he was a bigger dude, super unhealthy. Was he towards the end? I don't know. He was a big, big fat person, dude. Yeah, he was well, after he retired. Obviously, he was also. <laughs> I mean, if, did you see him? Yeah, but he wasn't after, big. After I mean, he was after football the Eagles. Fat. Yeah, he was football fat. But then at the end, he was fat, fat. And then when he retired, he didn't get. Do you think he got punished because he started saying bad things at churches? Man, the funniest. If anybody remembers this, the funniest onion thing I ever, one of the funniest onion headlines, after Reggie White went on national television speaking at churches saying ridiculous things about all races, like basically just saying racial stereotypes within some sort of a sermon he was giving, uh, the onion ran a headline that said, Fox to host, <laughs> Fox to host, uh, wait, what is it? Fox to host NFL. Uh, Fox to host when athletes speak, and it was like a picture of Reggie White at a podium, like at a church, saying like because he said, "Well, li- like 
one of the, the quote was Mexicans are good at living together. Like he was like, you can fit a lot of you guys in like small spaces. And he said, black people are good at having fun and dancing and white people are good with money and business. Was he trying to write a joke in the eighties? Is I, that what he was trying to do? I, he was, he, he was supposed he to open, just closed it with some airplane food. Well, I think everybody wouldn't have taken him so seriously. He was supposed to have feature for Sinbad. And then that didn't work out because Sinbad kind of was, he shied away from controversy. Have you talked about the time I awkwardly ran into Reggie White? We talked about this. Uh, How could it not be awkward? Where did you run into him? So when I used to work in radio a millennium ago. Please say um, men's room. Please say men's room. Please uh, say men's room. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's other people I've run into in the men's room. Mm. Justin Timberlake, Steve Martin. Yeah, those were some awkward people. Steve Martin. For a a while, I was going to do a a TV show called Peeing With because it seemed like every time I was somewhere, I was peeing with somebody famous. (laughs) Peeing with Brian. (laughs) So, um, no, I used to work in radio in the morning drive in Milwaukee, and uh, we had to interview Packers on Monday mornings. Oh, wow. Uh, on phone or do you... yeah they would call in because yeah. obviously they'd be in Green Bay I was in Milwaukee yeah, so, like so they recap the game right so you pay you basically pay to, to talk to these guys and the year before uh, they bizarre. always had Reggie White and this, the radio station I worked for was owned by Willie Davis who was a former Green Bay Packer back in the Vince Lombardi days right so it was easy for us to get access to the Packers and uh, the following year, we, Reggie decided he didn't want to do it anymore, and we had to get two other guys. It was like Vonnie Holiday, and uh, I forget who the fullback was. Uh, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, William Henderson, those were our two guys. We had to go up and meet them at Lambeau Field to sign the deal, the new guys, right? Oh, that's so cool. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally Yeah, going, I'm right? in the car. Let's go. So we go there, and we get to walk, which is really cool. If you're, if you're a sports fan in general, I mean, imagine. Like, Lambeau has got to be uh, a sight. Here's the thing. And I'll get back to the story in a second, but I, you should in general, even if you're not a sports fan, I think you should be amazed by the size and magnitude of a stadium. It's a very yeah. bizarre architectural structure, so they're always cool to look at. Very coliseum Yeah, it's just massive and kind of cool. Very so anyway, Roman. I, obviously, you know, you know, you grew up in Wisconsin, you know the history of Lambeau Field. So to get that, that pass to go in, yeah. further in versus just like the, yay, I'm on the parking lot in. Right. <laughs> So we get there and we go Yay, we check in at the front desk and they've got this big glass thing behind the receptionist and that's where all the Super Bowl trophies are and she's like all right is um, it bulletproof probably, probably yeah you know what there's no I think if I had run tried to run up to it and try to jump through it yeah you would have it would have shot me back out the door yeah or electrocuted you yeah it's so, electric glass so yeah it's that's like whatever thing. they had in the Pink Panther movies they um <laughs> uh, so we, we have to go they're like come on we'll take you back and I'm like no way so we get to walk they open up the door you're like now you're standing next to all the Super Bowl trophies that are hidden behind all the glass right right so we start there and they and this is 90s so I don't know if they've changed it since then but all of the carpeting had little tiny Green Bay Packer logos all over it awesome. so it's just all over the place right sure and as we start walking in case you back, forget where you are now one of the players meets us and he's like hey guys you know come on we'll go uh, find a meeting room to kind of talk about everything we're like okay and we're starting to walk through and he's like oh man uh, this one's not available. He goes, I'll tell you what, let's cut through the locker room. Yeah, and you're like, and I'm, I'm like, going to see some room. naked dudes. Well, oh, wait. Not really, oh, I, wait. Oh, wait. There wasn't a game going on? I thought, no. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, the locker room, this is cool. I get to see where all these dudes like suit up, right? So, like the old Wild Wild West, we just, we, he, we, we go through the room and I'm like, you see it? You oh, see the locker room, you're all excited. I think I did hear this. So, <laughs> Knock that door open, saloon yeah, style, and yeah. there is Reggie White doing old school, like you know where you <laughs> put the top his floss in his butt cheeks, and he just kind of stops and he's naked. 
And we're just, I, I go from like really happy to like, <laughs> like oh, to really horny. <laughs> and and there was this, the, a couple offensive linemen, it was like a bad Subway commercial. They're just over there eating like 12 foot long oh. subs, <laughs> but they're naked with a towel on them. And everybody just kind of stops <laughs> and stares. Are they eating in the locker I room? I don't know. <laughs> but it just went from like awesomeness to just like, all right, can we just hurry up and get oh, here? You're like, oh yeah, I can't see anything. Just the looks, there's just a piercing look at our at us like, as we're walking are you? past them to get through. Like, and I'm sure that guys that whoever took us through probably just got reamed after. Oh yeah, like hey dude, I'm in here showering and these guys are eating foot long for some reason. Oh my god, yeah. So that was my only time I got that close to Reggie White. So you didn't shake hands or say how you doing? I'm Brian Irwin. Nice to meet you. Could, well, you know what? There's probably some idiots that would still just we would follow through. Can I get a picture? <laughs> yeah, back then uh, they got no, you, could you do may selfies. Not. Yeah, that's true. There were no cell phones uh, back could then. Could you imagine? When my brother, the day I was moving my brother out to Los Angeles, we stopped at a hotel after driving for like 35 hours or whatever, and uh, we were trying to like lay down and go to sleep in this hotel. And uh, I had this, I had Sports Center on, and then that was when Reggie White had just died, and they just announced it. I was like, "Oh man, that's a real bummer." Even though he was didn't seem very bright at the end, he was seemed like an all right guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was your thoughts? Yeah. Moving on, right? That's your, yeah. your life. You're like, oh, that's terrible. He wasn't a very bright guy towards the end there, but uh, but I'm sure people loved him, and he was nice, and you know. Hey, listen, he changed the dynamic of the Green Bay Packers. You know, yeah, the, the, when he came from Philadelphia. Yeah, there was a time, and I think we've talked about this before. I mean, you know, Wisconsin was not, you know, the most. It's very racially divided at times, and so like the, when he when he Isn't showed Milwaukee up, Milwaukee, the most segregated city in America. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up there, I mean, it's like I think we've talked about me going back. It's it's just disappointing sometimes when I go back. I just I just wish that, and this goes for anybody in America. We all need to get over ourselves and just figure it out, man, because it's just getting gross. Well, not me though, right? I don't need to get over myself. No, you just look like a racist. I know it's different. We've talked about it that. It is different. <laughs> I think I just stole your joke for That's you. Okay. The I don't um, do huh? You don't do that one anymore. Mm-mm. All right, good. Um, the uh, uh, what was I talking about? Green, oh, so oh. when he went there, he changed it. He and Brett Favre, like basically collectively, did they didn't come the in at the same time? Pretty much. Oh, really? So pretty much that was what turned the team into a winner. And winning obviously solves everything. But at the same time, he also Reggie White came in and recruited a lot of. African American black guys because they didn't want to. They didn't want to go. There. They were like, eh, yeah, yeah, well, I don't all, really feel good about being in a small town like that. And I understood that. Yeah, especially kind of. It's, it sounds weird, but like back seventies, eighties. You know what I mean? Completely. And also, just other people. It's so cold there, man. It's so cold. If you don't like cold, playing in Green Bay is not an option. Yeah, but a lot of people played in Buffalo, and that's just yeah, as but bad. also. <laughs> Yeah, except they didn't win. Yeah. And it's even worse They Buffalo. did change the culture there. I mean, Buffalo is still struggling with it, but in Green Bay, they had... I just... What I'm saying is that that Reggie White shift has changed the culture. Yeah. Now, anybody... Like, they'll draft guys from Alabama, like Eddie Lacy, Arkansas, and yeah. who never have seen a day of cold weather, and right. they're like, I love playing in Green Bay now. They just... You know, the cold weather is like, whatever. They just yeah, the fa- and the fans embrace it. The fans are really good. The, yeah. You know, you can't really... You can't really... And and I don't know if you saw the there was an article, uh, a Seahawk fan, her and her husband pick one road game a year to go attend so that they can kind of check out other stadiums mm. and and so they've been doing this for a few years now so they've seen a few other stadiums and they picked Green Bay last year and they said uh, there was an article that came out about it and she was like I've never 
like the the nicest fans I've ever dealt with. Like, because they walk around in Seattle jerseys, you know, and they they root for their team and stuff. But they, it was like almost immediately they got out of their car and someone's like, "Hey, ah, oh, look at these guys." Started kind of like, but just like you know, a play, fun raz. Yeah, playful trash talking. Not like I'm gonna stomp your face to the curb, motherfucker. Like just some. And then they were like giving them beers and hot dogs, and they were all fucking around all day and. And the Packers, I think, even won the game. And they were like, oh, yeah, whatever. It was just... It's an interesting place because I've been to Packers-Bears games there, and there's it's a friendly rivalry as far as like people... I mean, it, some people can get really riled up, but for the most part, it's not, You're it's the, not super bad it's like, like, compared to what it could be in other cities. Like, it's I don't the same, wanna... They're the same people, though. That's the... The f- hilarious part is you're from Wisconsin. I'm from Illinois. You're the same fat beer drinking, cheese loving idiots. It's like we're all the same. Yeah, but dude, people. you've and, heard the stuff about going to Raiders games, going to Giants right, games, going to Philadelphia Eagles yeah. games. You you better you, that there's yeah. fights break out. Like serious stuff goes on. Like they take it. I mean, listen, I love sports, you know, but I can't. I refuse to take it that personally ever i can't there's, identify there's no, myself that way there's no reason for that it's, so speaking uh, of identification I, I i texted you last night about this because it drives me bonkers what's up with the motherfucker that sits at all these baseball games in the last couple years <laughs> the goddamn fucking super orange florida marlin shit on and a visor and a visor. The, vi- the Marlins visor and the orange Marlins shirt okay. or the jacket. Now, let's take a step back for a second. We're Do you remember Morgana, it. the kissing bandit? Uh, there was the woman. She yes, had large. She, yes, she ran out on Pete Rose. She had large. Right, she ran out and kissed uh, Pete she Rose. She had large boobs, things that boobs. basically took care of children. Boobs. Oh, yeah, that's she how would, you see them now? She Great. would run. Took care of children. She would run. Out on the field and kiss pitchers. That was what she was known well, for she primarily, do right? Pete Rose too. Well, that was, but normally her thing was to try to get to the mound, right? Yeah, I guess. So it, that was like showboating. I get it. Obviously, the, well, the, uh, it was all about her. Let's not pretend it wasn't about her. It was the seventies? She was running on the field. Sure. Security was not as um, they were tight. stoned out of their <laughs> minds, laughing at some big titted broad running on the field. And then there was the remember the John three sixteen guy with the, uh, the, the clown, clown wig. wig yeah, and the, at all the football games. Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. Annoying. This guy, <laughs> that guy sucked yeah, too. Yeah, but he didn't. He never took away from the game. Well, that's the thing. Is like I don't know this why guy. you'd show up in another. Like you're not a Cardinals fan. You're not a Cubs fan. But he did the same thing last year. He was. I know. But, Royals but, games, but like, why? But why? Why? What? It, dead he, center, by the way, too. Dead. Even center. even if you are just a baseball fan, dude. The playoffs. Just wear a neutral hat. Wear something that's just plain. Like don't. I, I I agree. It's super annoying. It's it's annoying to look at, and, and he spends a lot of time on the phone tweeting about himself. Oh yeah, like, he's probably got he's probably got a Twitter account. He that, does. I checked it. He's yeah. got like thirty two thousand people that are yeah, following of him. Course. So of course that's not helping the cause. Either, no. Because now he believes his own hype. Now he thinks that they're following him because it's like people who follow the Fox robot. I think you're following the Fox robot to wait and see how the Fox robot dies. You're not <laughs> following the Fox robot because you find what the Fox robot says on Twitter <laughs> interesting. Yeah, but it's my whole thing is it's like it, you're you're he. It's an attention-grabbing thing. And I remember last year, I think it was a team that asked him to please. You can't, obviously, you can't tell anybody what to do, right? You, you can certainly... I mean, if, if you can walk in... If you can't walk into Disney World with like a... You walk into Disney World with a Mickey Mouse shirt where you're smoking a joint or something, they come find you and make you turn it inside out or buy a new shirt. You can't just walk in there with anything you want. Then why is baseball putting up with it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I thought it was a rights thing, like a, it's like a. Freedom I mean, to of me, thing. look, freedom of speech. But they, they did it. Blackhawks, uh, 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 Tampa Bay for the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay is like you can't wear red in these sections. 
<laughs> All right, dude. It's like I mean, it's 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 not American sounding. Well, here's the you thing know what too. I mean. You can't go to baseball. It's supposed to be America's pastime. Like, hey, now we're going to tell you what to wear. Like, you're. I mean, for them, for Major League Baseball, he's like he bought the gear. He's buying Marlins gear. Nobody else is buying Marlins no, gear. They're, they're horrible. One guy, one guy, and he's buying it all. So it's like, yeah, I guess he's the Marlins guy. Yeah, but see, that's that's my problem. That's what he's doing. He's using something else to identify himself, and he's using a platform. Here's the thing. I. I want to preface everything I'm about to say is the fact I got it off the internet. This is not a news organization, so I don't know how much of it's true. But what I read about the guy is that one, he's not buying. He's not. He's buying those tickets off of season ticket holders, so he's actually buying scalp tickets. He's getting. He's not buying them 100 percent legitimately. So I don't feel sorry for him. One, I can't. I can't feel so. He's buying somebody. Why would you feel sorry for him? Well, meaning that I shouldn't say sorry, but like the fact that if 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 he was a season ticket holder and those were his seats or whatever, he's he's buying scalp tickets first off. Then somebody tried to say, oh, cut the guy some slack because what he does is he buys two tickets and he always finds like a big time fan of that team and upgrades their seats. So we shouldn't feel so bad about it. And I look at that and go, okay, cool. <clears throat> still, take off the fucking uniform, dude, because it's, yeah. you're still promoting yourself. That's all it is. You're a walking fucking billboard for yourself. So he doesn't work for the Marlins at all? No, he's a lawyer in... Florida, Miami specifically, that he doesn't have to, he owns an organization, he owns the company, so he doesn't ever have to be there. He says he travels 300 days out of the year. And I watched him yesterday, and what bothers me about it, he spends most of the time staring at his fucking phone. Yeah, he's like, like he's not even an avid baseball fan. He's not keeping score, he's just looking down. I just, I just, I, listen, I, I have every right to be pissed off at him. He has every right to tell me to go fuck off. But the bottom line is, he's clearly being fucking annoying. That There's no doubt about it. Yeah. The John 316 guy, you only saw him on fucking extra, uh, you know, extra points, right? For yeah. the most part. Yeah. And you go, oh, there's that goofball. And then eventually he went away. You know, Morgana, very rarely could she ever get, she did that very rarely. You know what I mean? But this guy, but every fucking you, game. You're treading on documentary where? material now, dude. <laughs> like, where's the John 316 guy? Where's Big Boobs Magoo? Where's this lunatic going to end up? I get a little bit of it, but it's like every fucking pitch for three hours that fucking guy's right there. The thing is, I. With the with this this particular series, this Cubs, this is my World Series, this Cubs Cardinals thing. This is, this is, I. He's trying to take away from a special moment, too, which I think what bothers me more than anything else. Well, but I have tuned him out completely. Like, I'm, I'm so I, – I mean, I am so into these games. I'm freaking out at every pitch, at every call. At every, I make – you got to stop that, though. You I got to stop I that. I know. I know. I know. But it's too much right I now. I was talking to a Cubs fan yesterday, <laughs> and I said – I'm hyperventilating right now. I know. I was the, talking If to they him. win today <laughs> – by the time everyone hears this, it'll it'll be out tomorrow morning, right? Yeah. This is Tuesday today, so it'll be out Wednesday morning. Wake up, guys. We, de- it's we never really do like topical stuff, but because it's no, such a weird it's a very dynamic, it's a it's, it's important to you. It's a, it's imp- it's not important to you. It is. It first of all, if if this isn't important to you, you have a gray heart that beats once right. a year. I don't care where you're from. This should be important. You know, meaning the difference between you and I is I, I you, okay. I should clarify something. Um. The last time in the Bartman years, I swore off in respects to how much it hurts me inside. I wanted to remove myself one step away from that. What you're doing right now, the hyperventilating thing. Did I had, you? I, and I also I had to put everything in perspective. I love it. I love watching sports. I get riled up when I watch it, but I have to have a separation. You also know I'm a big Packers fan. Yeah. Remember a couple years ago? Um, I can't help lost, part of you as communist. They've, they've lost multiple, multiple NFC championship games in overtimes to touchdowns and field goals. And I, I had to promise myself as a sports fan, you've got to know when to turn it off and move on with your life. I'll get really aggressive during that moment, but I can't 
carry that type of like pain. I will be stoked. The difference is the Packers have won a Super Bowl in the near in the recent past. Even more so, the reason why I refuse to get that worked up like you are. I feel bad for you because like I, you're don't feel so bad for me, up. dude. Don't feel bad for me. Up. Here's who you should feel bad for. You should feel bad for people like <clears throat> you should feel bad for people like my friend Eric Henning. I'll call him out full name. I think he listens to the show too. He is raising his kids as bandwagon fans. Like they're just Eric was a Cubs fan forever and now he claims they hurt him so much. They hurt him. They don't first of all no no team owes you anything. No. Okay? So you got hurt because you were being a baby. Now, they're going to try their hardest every year. The past 20 to 100 years have been pretty shitty attempts. <laughs> They've had some decent. <clears throat> they had a couple of decent years, but I don't think any of those years compare with what what this team is. No, no, this team is was built and you said this a long time ago when uh when Theo Epstein was was brought in. You 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 made it very clear that this is this is going to be different. This is going to be different than anything they've ever done in the ever, past. Ever. Ever. In pa- dating back to 1908, this is different. This is different. Yeah. And it's This is a built team not built by just grabbing a couple guys here and no, there. No, there's no there's no big name jerk offs and they all came up together. You got a guy like Rizzo is basically and and Dave Ross are the elder statesman of the of the game. You know what I mean? And Rizzo's like twenty six or some crazy shit. So it, it's it's a it's a homegrown team, and and they're it's they're they like I said when they make errors, they bounce back from those errors immediately. Yeah, Moises yeah. Alou points and po- throws his glove and Worst cries, thing. and then they make six errors, and they're all like, "Oh, it's the kid in the stands." I know. No, <laughs> you're the shittiest baseball team ever. You guys were a bunch of fucking babies, and if you would have just gone back to your positions and played the game like men, you would have fucking won that game, yep. and you would have gone to the World Series that year. Yep. And no one would even give a shit about some dude listening to a fucking Walkman. No, nope. okay, but they didn't, and this team has the ability to do that and they're not buying they're they're young enough to not buy in any of the horseshit that old people like us throw around like the goat and the fucking bear and a black they, cat you know what pissed me off the last time they were in the playoffs was that they brought some motherfucker in to like uh, sage, sage the and, dugout and i was like stop it this is why you'll never win because you think that there's you another, buy into it you buy into another it. factor involved there's another factor other than you not sucking <laughs> The factor is don't <laughs> suck. Win the game. Like pe- like people some people complain about the wild card. Like, ah, oh, yeah, the wild card should be a series. Like, no, win more games. Play harder during the regular season. Don't blow off any games. Win every game you Get can. Get track together. That's really all it down. Play as a team. I don't I don't know how else to say it, but my hypervent like so my friend okay, is back now, to your hypervent. Yeah, well now my friend is he's like, Oh, they hurt me. They hurt me so much, so I can't root for them anymore. So I was like, okay, so like two years ago he moves to uh, he moves, or a couple years ago, he moves to Reno or outside of Reno, Sparks, Nevada, or whatever. So I'm like, so what do you what do you do? What, what's your baseball? He's like, oh, Giants. We watched the Giants because the Giants went to the World Series. So he's like, oh yeah, now my kids know the Giants and they're winners. Oh look at that, isn't that great? I'm like, yeah, your kids have been alive for five, six, seven years, and uh, oh yeah, okay, cool. They have a World Series. They're they're, they're Giants fans. And well, he's like, okay. well, no, and now they moved to Florida, and now he's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm like, what are you gonna, what are you, Marlins, Rays, what are you gonna do down there? Oh, no, I still watch Giants. I'm like, what? And now he's trying to text me about these games. I'm like, dude, no, no. You lose, dude. You want to back away? You want to turn your back on the team? That's that's it. You're done. Like, there's no, now you're going to jump back in and go, oh, I rooted for him when Sammy Sosa was there. Like, who cares? Who cares? This is a different team. This is a different organization. This, is the, this game today is, is the biggest 
postseason game in Cubs history well, since 1908. It, it isn't the fact that, yeah, well, yes and no. The biggest game would be whatever game it would to get them into the World Series. The game that, that, that crutch that they can't get past. The Beating the Cardinals. This, this the is car- the crutch the they could never get past. Well, beating the Cardinals is extremely important. But obviously getting to the World Series. That, hearing the fact that the Cubs are going to the World Series, that's, that to me... That's going to be that click. That's going to be the click over, right? I mean, that's the real click over. <clears throat> Beating the Cardinals anytime, anytime. This that's especially is huge. Well, it's huge also because the Cardinals, especially They're most the recently, they just record. find a way, and the best record, they always find a way to just pull some crap from like dudes you've never heard of. Because just that's the way they were. They were brought up like that. They all came up together like they're. They're not afraid of anything. It's a weird ego that they. That it's they've awesome. Within it's that thing. awesome. I mean, I can see if you're a Cardinals fan, I can see why you would walk around with your chest out, being like, "Dude, we're not losing today." Like, I get it. Like, you've you have a reason to be confident. And those players, you're right, dropping from injury, it doesn't matter. No, dudes, random dudes coming to the plate, hitting the home runs. Like game one was not good, man. And Lackey's on the mound today, so who knows? Who knows? But, I'm not a big Lackey fan. Of course like not. Hybris. He looks like a slack-jawed yokel, dude. I want to jack him. <laughs> is he? I don't know much about him. No, but. he's buddies with Lester. I'm sure he's a super intelligent guy. He's probably really nice. He yeah, just has to pay, face. Yeah, but we have to. He has to be I evil. I have to dislike he has to be him. Evil. He is evil. He wears red and white, dude. Ugh. But that being said, uh, <laughs> go sports. It is all just a game, and there's a lot bigger problems in the world. There is? But as a Cubs fan... I am very excited about today's game. But I want to. There's something I want to get back to. Um, is that uh, there's a little bit less of anonymous to uh, the show now, which mm. is the fact that you're on you're on this new Jane Lynch show. And oh, and I, I want to talk I'm, about. I, her I, yes, really I, I was yeah. going to tie. I want to tie something in, related to baseball into this. But um, give me give me a little bit of uh, um, on background of, of what's been going on lately with you and the show. What's the name of the show again? I the forget. show is called Angel from Hell. And I, when is it? Do you know when it airs? It's going to start airing November 5th. I think they've already run a couple of them. Okay. And then it got picked up for more. So okay. it's going to start airing November 5th. Jane okay. Lynch, Kevin Pollack, Maggie Lawson. Um, I'm in only in one episode as of now. Okay. But it's, it's three days of work. So yesterday was our first day of work. And I'm... It's, and you went in as a stranger that day, or did you have to go? You went. In, I can't remember. We talked. I about did a table, table read. read I table met read everybody, that. but then I kind of re-met really. them on set. And everybody is. You couldn't ask for like a, a nicer group okay. of just all around, like from the AD to the, you know what I mean, the PAs. Everyone is just really nice and really friendly, and you can tell they're just having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not used to TV being like that. Like when I'm producing Hidden Camera, it's always stressful, and people are yelling, and it's always people who are like inferior comedically, and they're all just trying to be. <laughs> it's just all terrible. These guys were just all happy to be there and having fun. So I get there at five thirty in the morning yesterday. First guy I see is the transpo dude. He's wearing a bear's hat. And I almost said, I almost said out loud to him, hey, buddy, you might want to think about burning that hat and getting a Cubs hat. But I didn't because I'm like, dude, it's your first day. Be quiet. <laughs> so I go Don't in. Don't be that guy. So I go in. I, I'm in the makeup chair. And uh, uh, the guy doing my makeup, is an, he's also a photographer. And he has a show uh, that was just in Chicago. He's like, where are you from? I was, we're talking, and it comes out. He's like, oh, so my art was being displayed in Chicago. What an amazing city. I go, yeah, great city. In the meantime, Jane Lynch comes and sits down. She's like, you guys talking about Chicago? We're like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's, that's my city. I'm like, oh, yeah? And she's like, yeah. We start talking about the Cubs, and she's like, and she says, you know that Ernie Banks' son is one of the transpo guys on this show? And I'm like, no, well, I'm, I'm, 
You mean Ernie, like Ernie Banks, like the the Cubs baseball? She's like Ernie Banks, number fourteen. His son, Joey, is a transpo guy on this show. And I was like, she goes, she goes, and then she says to me, he gave me two autographed pictures from his father. You can have one. What? And I was like, oh, I, I'm, you know, that's you don't. She's like, no, it's yours. And I'm like, I, I didn't even. I was like, okay. And then so thinking in my head, like. Okay, she said that. Now we're going to split up. I'm going to go to my dressing room, and then when I get on set, it's, yeah, she's yeah, also yeah. the executive producer of this show. She's like, got plenty of things to do. <clears throat> this is her show, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm like thinking, what a very nice gesture. And then sure enough, as we're about to roll on the very first take of the day, she's like, oh, here, and hands it to me right on set. <clears throat> and it, was a, it was an autographed picture of Ernie Banks. I, I just I put it in my pocket. I was like, I can't. That is super nice. Put it in of you. your pocket. How small it, was it? It was it was small enough to slide right into the head. Cargo. I had Dicky shorts on. Oh, yeah, okay. they slid right into the pocket. And then the makeup chick took it and put it, pressed it into a book, and okay, held it for good. me until yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the end of the day. But uh, so so I'm hanging out and talking to her and all these other. I'm having a really it was a really exciting day for me. You know, I don't I'm not used to stuff like that. But then I'm walking to the van to leave. I was I was there. We shot from with me till. From seven thirty to nine thirty, I was done in two hours. I was home okay. by ten a.m. I was home before Nicole woke up. <laughs> it was like it was crazy. So then I, they're like, "Hey, your van is ready," and I see the dude in the bear's hat again, and I'm like, "Is is that Joey Banks?" <laughs> is that I go? Is that Joe Banks? And the guy goes, "Yeah." And I go, "Okay." So I like kind of like you know psych myself up, and I walk up and I go, and the van guy who's the guy waiting for me, the transport guy, is in the van already. He's this uh, bigger white dude, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you can get in this van. I go, okay, one second. I go, are are you Joe Banks? And he goes, yeah, Joey. <clears throat> and he shakes my hand. He's like, what's your name? I go, John. I go, I just want to say, I am a lifelong Cubs fan, and your dad. I I like. Then I ran out of words. I was like, was I mean <laughs> it. it he was the best, you know, and I, I'm like sounding in my head. I'm like, oh, dude, you're sounding like a moron. But at the same time, I could see it in his face that he's like, everybody who talks to me about this sounds like you. Yeah. yeah and yeah, he's yeah. like, that's really nice of you to say. He was he was super cool about it. And he then started kind of telling some stories. And this guy's like the other van driver's like, oh, yeah, he'll dude. if you ever want to talk to him about it, he will tell. Ernie Banks stories all day. It okay, is good. fantastic. Awesome. And he was like talking about all these Hall of Fame. It's, he, it was, I just did, I was like, I can't. And then I went home and I watched the game and the Cubs won in an, in an amazing, six home runs, the most home runs hit in a postseason game by any team in the history of Major League Baseball. And at, at Wrigley Field with the number 14 still in the grass out there. They all have the patches the patch, on. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw him wear those patches at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is the year. This has got to be the year, right? I mean, Ernie Banks. Back to <clears throat> the future. <clears throat> Back to the future. Everybody just looking on. Like I could, it's, it's, It was a really powerful thing. And then to meet this guy... And I think, like, I, you know, I've met musicians that I've admired. I've met actors who I've respected and thought were amazing. <clears throat> but, but just meeting the kid of Ernie Banks, who got to throw out the first pitch with his twin brother <clears throat> not that long ago. Probably for the first, uh, for the, not for the Pirates game, but for the, uh, Jesus, was he, did he throw it out at the first Cardinals-Cubs? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't get to see the beginnings. Of yeah, they don't, they don't really show those. Uh, Eddie Vedder. Either way. Uh, yeah. But anyway... <clears throat> My whole thing was I like Eddie Vedder. But anyway, well, he was he was, he was the game there. last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big Cubs fan. But um, 
Yeah, just Joe Banks. Like, I would love to... Got to get him on the show. Well, because also, he's a transpo guy. So he's got... Hollywood Anonymous! Not only does he have probably amazing Hollywood stories, he's obviously got amazing my dad's Ernie fucking Banks stories. (laughs) We invited him to our wedding, Natalie and I did. Ernie? Yeah, he's such a nice guy. So when Natalie met him... um, he autographed a baseball for me with my actual name on it. Did he spell it right? Yep. All right. I think he's. I think he's. He's done a few of those. So how he, do he I knows spell to ask it? Yeah. Because um, you don't want to have to. It's always embarrassing. Uh, thank you, but that's not how I. Okay. I mean, who's calling it out at that uh, point? Really? It's America. A lot of people call well, a lot of crap. Not you though. You're not going to go. Thank you, Mister Banks. But take it's it with I'm, a Y, I would, asshole. <laughs> I take what I get. That's, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. But. Um, I, I, somebody was standing next to him the guy that actually knows him was friends like oh you know she's getting married he goes really and uh, asked where we're getting married we we're getting ma- married up in northern Wisconsin he goes you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, my wife and I are gonna be in that area at that time I mean um, Natalie's like you know you can stop by for us. He goes, that'd be great you can just send me an invite we literally had to send Ernie Banks an invite now we, I knew he wasn't coming to the wedding. Why would he even say it that? Matter. It's so weird. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, and just, I like how he hints at, you know, I'm going to be up there. Me and my wife like open bars and free food. The bottom line is <laughs> an invite was sent to his place. Oh, my God. For and our his, wedding. And, and I his knew assistant opened it. All it was was it was just it was just fodder for me to talk about. You know, I oh, invited Ernie Banks to our wedding. That's fantastic. Though. I also invited Brill Murray to our wedding. Did, uh, you what? Know what I mean? No, I'm just oh. kidding. But you can do that. Like, a lot of people do all that kind of stuff. Did you? Where, you got married in northern Wisconsin? Yeah, my parents' lake house. It was very oh. small. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we did it. My brother-in-law got one of those online uh, whatever to become yeah. the guy that says you're married now. That's cool. Thing. You yeah, know, which my, is buddy, pretty, my yeah. buddy Tim is going to marry us. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's how that stuff rolls now. It's way more fun. Oh, dude. Yeah, what do I want to... No. Marriage is supposed to be fun. I don't know if you know that. It's supposed to be what this word they call an institution. That sounds very unfun. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's Ernie Banks. But um, So... Um, so you did the show. So t- t- you know you acted on the show, right? So what was so what was that like? Was it is this a traditional single camera, uh, a three camera, M- multi kind of multi camera? Okay. Yeah. So had you ever done a show like that specifically before? I have not. No. But the funny thing was what was the hardest was, thing? Just out of curiosity for you, is it hitting the marks and acting at the same time? None of that bothered you. What was the thing that you going in? You're like, okay, I got to make sure. I had one line yesterday, okay. but there's still and. It was we shot in a cemetery, mm-hmm. so they sh- shuttled us to a cemetery, and then I did my. I basically they were like, "Here are your marks." So wait, was it two camera, two camera shoot, two or three? I think I just saw two. But no, no, this this so this wasn't a traditional three camera. Everybody loves Raymond on a studio. No, but they stage. they do that though. They do that as well, but yes. they actually go on the streets. Yeah, as well. okay. yeah, they actually okay. have locations, okay. up, which yeah, I mean, yeah. Raymond did too. I think. They, they, I yeah, I mean. The show. Yeah, all those shows they'll eventually go out of the a smidge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, it wasn't huge, but um, it was the coolest thing for me was that Jay Karras directed it, and he is the only other real director I've worked with in on TV. He directed me in a Frank TV sketch like two thousand seven or something like that, two thousand eight. And then, and then I showed up on set. I was like, hey, man, uh, we worked together before. He's like, yeah, you're familiar. And then he was like, wait, Frank TV, what sketch? And I was like, I had, a, I had one line on this sketch. But I was like, oh, Jake Harris. I just always see his name because it's on my resume because it was directed by, you know. So I was like, yeah. And he was, it was his first episode of the show, too. He's like, yeah, it's our first day of work. And I'm like, awesome. So he was super cool. And uh, to me, it was just how, every, how loose everybody was, man. It was really, like, I was like, okay, like, you have one, you have one, you have one line, one line. Here, give me alts and have sing and do some weird stuff. So it was, it was funny. And everybody else is r- really talented. You know what I mean? When you're around people like that, it's 
can be a little bit. So let me ask you a question. First off, let's call Frank and ask him if he remembers you being on Frank TV. <laughs> right, so well, that was well, on I'm the phone. Sure Frank doesn't. Caliendo <laughs> like, is on the phone. Never this heard of him. The second person that can't remember working with John on a sketch <laughs> ten years ago. Um, can I say something about Frank TV? It was they were advertising Frank TV when the Cubs were playing the Diamondbacks all over TBS. It was it was so obnoxious that I remember turning to my brother in his old shitty apartment on Romaine. Uh, that probably smelled like cigarette smokes and and cigarette smoking buttholes. And I, we were watching the games, and I turned to him. I go, Frank TV is advertising. It's the advertising because he was a pop up, right? He would always pop up in the on corner. everything, yeah. and the, every every commercial was Frank TV. And I go, this show is already so annoying. I guarantee you, I get on it somehow. <laughs> and like the three days later, Jennifer Dumont, who was casting it, calls me. She's like, you want to come in and read? For I'm like. <laughs> I guarantee I get it. Like, it was so funny. I was so annoyed by those commercials. I could never <clears> figure out. Frank is a good family friend, and I, and I always, you, you always feel good when somebody gets like something like that. Obviously, that was his name was on and all that stuff. But, you know, um, he took a lot of heat, and it had nothing to do with him, but he took a lot of heat for, for, the, the, amount advertising. Of, for the amount of advertising. Yeah, like he's behind like, pressing a button, like advertise now, advertise now. But the, the, there's the good and the bad of that was that, you know, most athletes love sports across the board. So obviously, as you know, Frank does. He did, then he football, went on to yeah. football. Yeah. Then he went on to do ESPN. So he's he's always been around a lot of athletes, and he took and, and he's very well known for both that, but also a lot of them had back then razzed him a lot because it was nonstop Frank in the corner of the TV. Yeah, during like, football. But he, again, and, yeah. he had nothing to do with it. But it's yeah. But but everybody remembers him for it at the same time. So of it's course. Like no press. And his show wasn't right. terrible. I mean, he no, was, it, was just, it was a great showcase for him to do all yeah. those impressions. The the only it hasn't hurt him. Oh, of course not. No, right, exactly. I think he's doing okay. The best thing about that uh, one day of shooting is I got to meet John Farley and like became pseudo friends with him. Like when I say where pseudo, is he? I mean, like, where is yeah, he? exactly. Why is he showing up to the basement? We don't yet? like go to arm wrestling matches together. Why anything. haven't you asked him in a dark alley he's, to come to my basement? I have. Okay. I've asked him on, in several alleys to, to show up. He, he's gonna he's gonna do the show. I promise. We'll see if we can get Frankie here when he comes out. He's uh, oh, that uh, he's got cool. a new show. He doesn't live here, but no, but um, he he's got out. a new show that uh, he should be uh, filming out here soon. So oh, we'll uh, what's it? What is it? It's it's Lucy based on his life. Oh, cool. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk too much about oh, okay. it, but it was just. But when he's out here. We'll see if we can't get him a swing by the house. Yeah. The basement. Yeah, but it's you, it's not like a dank... You, you make it sound like there's It's a fake water basement. To, you can't have basements in LA. It's a fake basement. It is kind of a fake basement. What is the deal with this? Well, because we're on top of a hill. So you, you build come, out, you, and then it goes down. You go... like you, You'll notice So we're that. not really downstairs. No. We're just over. We're over. The yeah. Hill. yeah, yeah. So you, the, the, the rest of the house is up whatever it well i hope matter. the listeners feel cheated now yeah <laughs> we thought you were in a basement you dirtbags i gotta see this is one of the cool things like i always said like the, i take my kids my kids go to a school on top of a mountain <laughs> and i live on a hill as a flatlander for most of my life those are those things that i think <laughs> I are go kind to, of i want my children to go to school on top of a mountain it's cool though it's I a little want bit cool to live on the side of a hill yeah i think it's cool <laughs> it is cool i like it middle earth over here guys middle earth so it's, it's so that was your so <clears throat> yeah that was my experience it was just it was everyone was very nice and this to me the the looseness of people they were talking right up until they said action and even past that so I was like what <laughs> I was like because I was just you know I was a little bit nervous but at the same time I didn't have to like I didn't feel like I was acting I was just saying my lines and that's kind of what they seemed to want so not that that's what everyone else was doing I'm just saying for me I think they just wanted me to because they they called me and had me bring in like my own clothes. And stuff. They, That's when, okay, though. It is, but it's funny because then you're just playing a heightened version of 
yourself again right totally okay it, it's just it was just funny because they're like we they tried a bunch of clothes on me and then the, the photo she took of me in my own clothes they're like we like this <laughs> he's because the guy's supposed to be a weirdo and they're like yeah this is this is weirder than what the other stuff you put him in but um <laughs> yeah that's my stuff guys thanks yeah yeah uh good wardrobe, i buy the weirdo clothes wardrobe, the weirdo rack wardrobe bump that's my from my that's costume gonna be, when you get famous that's gonna be your line that's gonna be your clothing line weirdo 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 clothing and you know line? It'll, it'll sell like hot cakes uh, I don't want to so- quote George Carlin too much, but why do things have to sell like hotcakes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we do pancake breakfast at school, and they sell like hotcakes. Oh, uh, hey, do, do you guys still do the <laughs> pancake where's breakfast? The, I, yeah, yeah, where's your applause? Everybody does that. How come you have never offered me any tickets? Uh, you know, no offense, man, but going back to that weirdo thing. You don't you want me on, hanging uh, out at the pancake breakfast. You think I, I'll be a bad... It was fine when you were coming to our kids' parties without kids, but I don't necessarily know if I should be really reaching well, that far out to the community. So wait, what are you... John from Hollywood coming up to the mountain Wait, you, you sell pancakes with the kids? You sell pancake breakfast tickets to kid, people with just kids and then... Well, the pancake breakfast is a community-oriented thing, John. Oh. As, as PTA president, but I can't sold... wait to get the fuck out of that guy, that, that gig. Well, do we should play a presidential march whenever you say that. No, we shouldn't. Way. Yeah, the march should be me marching the fuck out of there. Being a PTA president, I want to be very clear. One, it sounds <laughs> Everyone's weird. like, who cares? It sounds weird clear. saying Nobody it. gives a shit. No, but that's like, you're other than actually running an organization, that's like peaking of like way too much volunteer responsibility. You lose your shit when you do that stuff because you think like, I made fun of it, like whatever, it's just like some silly title. Uh-huh. People take that stuff seriously, dude. They take it seriously and they expect a lot lot from you and it I, like when we're done here i gotta hurry up and do like 10 fucking things and it's drive me nuts because i don't know how to say no that's why that's the only reason why i'm pta slash fucking president of fucking not saying no thing wow well, this is you're for the kids of, you're kind of like for the kids, uh, for the kids. You're like a male version of my mom for the, or maybe I, 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 or maybe a less male version than my mom i don't know but um yeah i know my I, mom i have to do the, the math my mom the com- always said club. yes to everything and was in all these groups and clubs and some people love it though oh my dad was good at saying no he's like you got to say no i don't do anything <laughs> it's like no i see that i want i got to find the happy medium i don't mind helping out right i'll help i'll help my friend i love helping my friends i love doing like i'm a big supporter and fan of like if my friends can succeed at something and i can do something to help them do that i will do that i have some friends that will remain nameless that when a few things happen in my life they that was their first step of treating me like shit because it, because of their jealousy and their inability to look past the fact that somehow or another it didn't benefit them, that bothered me. And that's where you start you start you start cutting off the ties, man. When you well, when, dude, when they yeah. show their true colors of like they can't just say, "Great, this is awesome. I'm really happy for you." Like that bothers me. Right. It's like yeah, you have to. And then when you stop, you're right. When you cut that tie, it's like they just disappear. They totally disappear. I mean, they're literally, like, they're gone. Radio silence, and it's interesting. At first, you take it personally, then you kind of look at it and you go, "Oh, wait a minute." Ah, you feel bad for them. They're yeah. out, they're clearly miserable. Yeah, you know. But speaking of that, you had your screening for frozen peas. Yeah, it went really well. Yeah. Yep, we did two screenings. Well, then it moving really on, well. it went well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you're always wait, worried. You had, you had two screenings, not back to back. We did two separate screenings. We want, oh, we same night. We, yeah, we okay. want... No, 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 oh. no. Two, two different weeks. Okay. We, want, we just wanted to get feedback from people who weren't really affiliated with the project, had not really read the script, didn't know much about it, just wanted to get, like, are we missing anything? Because you can get too close to a project when you're always writing it, it, filming it, editing it. You need to have people that don't know much <clears throat> just looking at it at face value. Always, they always say that. But outside eyes are a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. Once you've stared at it until your eyes are bleeding, you're like, hey, maybe someone else should look at this for a little bit and see what they think. Well, I think this is a really funny movie. We, we wrote a movie that's ground in reality so it's not like this crazy over, you the, and, over the top you slipstick and who's, who's a co-writer Alonzo Mayo 
Alonzo who was Mann. also the director. He had directed a movie called Story of Luke that did pretty well. And so this was his second uh, second run out. We met through preschool, so we, we have kids, so it was it was easy. Let's specify yeah. the kids, otherwise yeah. it sounds like you've known him for this, 45 years. Yeah, and, um, the, and the movie's loosely based on the fact that men are ridiculous, and men overreact to everything, and men typically overreact to things even more when they hit 40 and over. And <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. That's not true at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we're kind of mocking, you know, Life. The, 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 the married lifestyle of a man who freaks out about vasectomies and minivans and... And just becoming a parent and, and, and feeling like he's losing whatever whatever left whatever he had left over in the gas tank of immaturity and yeah. youth, he panics about it, which most men do. Think- Dudley Moore mastered that back in the uh, the seventies and the eighties in his movies, you know. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like there hadn't been anything like that in a long time. You know, the the immature man panicking of the midlife crisis man. I think it's time to bring it back because I I'm 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 because you're going it. through it right it's now. Okay. It. Like I think we need to bring it back and talk about it every time because well, it's either that. I mean, the only other great story I have is the suicide, and I don't, I don't really I don't know. How yeah, we've covered the suicide. <laughs> I don't really know how I'm going to make that the funny. Is that one. is that that's not in the movie? Is it? No, no. Okay. No, no. On a very special frozen peas behind the scenes. It was. I, I will say that um, uh, thanks to the digital age, um, I had a copy of it that I could pull off of Vimeo, a private copy that my wife was bugging me and bugging me. She wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I let her watch it. But the thing is, my wife does not read my scripts. We have an agreement a long time ago that she doesn't really understand me comedically. She likes my stand-up and she thinks it's funny, but she doesn't understand. Like she doesn't. That's just not her world. She's a lawyer. Did, so she doesn't understand. Did the she like policeman versus fireman? No, really, the most popular <laughs> thing you've ever done. <laughs> did she like Hulk farts? <laughs> no, but there's there's nothing to like there. That's just uh, a stupid joke. There's the Hulk and there's farts, and it got over a million hits. What uh, do you mean there's million. nothing to like? It's almost at ten million. But the point oh, is, sorry. No, well that means nothing now. Everyone's people yeah. are getting you know billions of. Of uh, views on stuff now. I'm I'm part of the old I'm part of the old regime where where uh, where 10 million views on something was important. Now the industry doesn't think it's so important. Anymore. Yeah. But anyway, that's all other story. So anyway, so she watched it and afterwards. I was just looking at her because how listen, uncomfortable for her. You watched her watch the movie. Well, no, I didn't stare at her the whole time. <laughs> I was also watching the movie because I'm still you know we were, I was still taking notes on it. But my point is there are. This is the trick when you delve into your, I did not this is not a fake story there there there's it's a heightened story based on things that happen in my life and then you add the bullshit on right. top of it. So not everything was a real, but there were moments where I knew that when she was watching it, she was going, "Hey, wait a minute. That's our life." A little bit. Yeah. So she had a hard time sometimes, and you know, and then the, the, there are things that happen in this movie that I was like, "Oh, she's going to think that these are the things that are going on in my head, right?" Or these are the things that are, di-. but you know, that was done for the comedic purposes. Sure. She didn't bring it up, but I was kind of like looking at it, going, "I know, I know, you're thinking right now. You're thinking that this is how I think on is a regular basis. When you leave the house, you're thinking this is what's going on." Nope, I just eat donuts. Yeah, and sometimes I have a pizza before ten a.m. But sometimes. I sit on the treadmill while I do it. <laughs> You have a pizza before 10 a.m.? I've done that. Yeah. You've never treated yourself? Yeah. You, you know, like sometimes you're like, I feel really depressed today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a pizza at oh. 9.30 in the morning, oh, and I'm yeah. going to feel and so followed happy. followed by 45 beers. You break all the rules, man. You have to just break <laughs> all the rules of like of Brian Irwin, rebel. Well, in, in the ho- I'm an in-house rebel. Uh-huh. You don't like, go outside? I won't, no. I would not eat the pizza out front. I would not like drink a beer at 9.30 in the morning outside. You do it all inside. Well, who, You yeah. hide. Who's, no, I'm just saying. I'm just asking you to do that outside. <laughs> you just, I'm an in-house rebel. Sometimes, you know. In-house rebel, it sounds like you're hired to be the rebel of the house all the time. No, but like... like we, in-house MC. 
our in our house, everyone's because I'm the primary caregiver in our house. So I, um, because of the the jobs that I have, you know, with the business we work in, there is flexibility. You'll work a lot, and then there'll be some down, like a lot of downtime. Yep, where you don't have uh, something to do, and then you're working a lot, and then you know it's not, it's not a nine to five consistent. So being the primary caregiver, sometimes it can be extremely overwhelming when your kids are really young. So every once in a while, she'll take her kids away for the her kids. <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening in this story? <laughs> See, Natalie kidnaps my babies. Okay, the test results uh, came back. Okay. I want to apologize not... to you for the information you're about to receive, I'm Brian. The um, dad, Jesus. We had there was a guy. I remember when I uh, back in Racine, there was a guy we found out that was on our softball team that the kid was not his. And here's the, the shitty thing about that: he was the only guy that didn't know about it. How we all found out about uh, it. And he didn't. And then everyone's like, "Don't tell him, man." Which don't. Which tell we did. Him. Nobody did. Nobody did. But but I'm. But I now that I look back, I'm like, why does the softball team know that this guy? Yeah. But the thing is, we all agreed that he had to have known because his sperm didn't work. So they were kind of calling it the miracle baby. But we were all thinking to ourselves, at some point, that baby's going to come out, and it's not going to look like him. Not initially, because babies just look babies. Yeah. But as he gets older. More and more and more. Gonna look like your first baseman. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't play first base. Oh. So the um, anyway, so she'll take the Natalie will take the kids to uh, her parents out further away, and they'll give me the weekend. And it's funny how like I'll have this huge to do list of like got me two days off, gonna rip it up, and then like you know within seconds I'm already I'm so overwhelmed with too much to do. I uh-huh. end up doing nothing, uh-huh. and I'm like I'm debating like. Again, pizzas, cheeseburgers, you know, burritos, um, alcohol now. Will that put me to sleep? Would that wreck it? Do I want to call John or Eddie or somebody to go, go do out. comedy? Yeah. Like all these things that I want to do. And if I drink too early in the day, You're I'm done. Or, I'm done. I will not go out by nine. I'll oh, take no. a nap. I'm, and then it's over. Then I'm like, do I go to a movie? Do I rent a movie? Do I rent? Do I, you know, like all these, like Never all leave. these fucking things. Never leave the house. And then, yeah, I don't. I don't leave the house. That's what I'm saying. So I'm an in house guy. Well, your family gives you the Rebel Weekend. Yeah. That's nice. You're not but the Rebel that. Weekend is like literally me at the house, just, you know, not wearing pants. I hope you can sense that I'm yawning because this story sucks. Oh, come on. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there, buddy. Oh, I'm already there, dude. I hate leaving my apartment. Um, oh, no. When you have kids, you'll get there. You'll know what I'm talking about. So anyway. Well, so she movie, watched the movie, liked the movie. She liked the movie, but she, she was just, it was just funny watching her. Any, watch. any, uh, any worthwhile notes from the screenings you had? Like, were there, was there anybody kind of came up to you and you were like, oh, shit, I hadn't thought of that or... Or was it all kind of basic, and you kind of already knew it was all edit based stuff that we already knew we had to fix because it, okay. it was rough cut. We, you know, it's a when I, that's why you only ask certain people to watch a movie, right? Because if they can't understand that what a rough cut is versus a finished cut, you can't have them watch the movie because they will be bothered by things that oh yeah, if you're going to be fixed, but they're just not being fixed right now. If you've never seen a rough cut of a movie and you see one, you would be like, "But this is garbage. Throw it away immediately." Yes, like, yeah. You, or you'd be like, "Why is it so shitty? Long, <laughs> long and shitty." Yeah. Like rough cuts are always like you. You have to kind of look through all the hasn't been color corrected. The music hasn't been added. All this other stuff. Yes. It's like so. The biggest concern that you have when you screen a movie is, oh please 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 like our main characters because if you don't like the main characters, you're screwed. Yeah. Like if you don't want to watch that character's <laughs> journey throughout this movie, then what's the point of even putting the movie out? Yeah. Now people still put those movies out and they still whatever they yeah. end up somewhere, but um. That was the thing that you hope that everybody identifies with the main character, that they get what this movie is about, and they appreciate 
how the other characters play around that. Yeah. And that it, was everything, everybody that has seen it got it. And okay. love the main character. That's the biggest fear you have. Yeah, if you don't like the main character and his buddies no. and shit, then what no, is the you're movie? Screwed. Yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't if matter. people didn't like like the Hangover guys, how, yeah. how you gonna? Here's the mistake that that um, and this is this is putting 15 years into this business before I got here, and this is why I appreciate every second of what I'm going through right now. Is that I had paid working on hundreds of productions, I paid attention to certain things, and you can't just write a joke in a movie and make a gag or someone trips over something or you blow up something, it's not, it doesn't matter if everything around it or leading up to it is not funny or not worth watching. It right. doesn't matter that you got a great funny scene in there. If the characters are so uninteresting, your joke doesn't matter. In the yeah, great. You have, a, you, have a nice, uh, you have a nice scene for the trailer. Yeah, that's it. Great. Yeah. So, anyway, so when people tune in and watch the movie, they'll be like, "Well, this fucking sucks." Yeah. So anyway, I mean, we're we're done. We're we're final. We're done. When we get off the air here, I'm gonna I got to do a couple things. Um, we're we're at the last. We're gonna start submitting to film festivals. So we're in our last couple days. This nice. thing, we're we're at crunch time getting it done. That's but cool. I love the energy of that that creative energy of um, uh, getting down to the wire to create a to to finish a film has just been really you know really fun. And obviously. everybody feels like everybody else involved feels good about it, right? Yes. I mean, you're, these, yes. Like you're going to watch edits, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, they're excited." There's no Fucking. Yeah, no, this is what you get into the business for. Like, are yeah. you telling your story? It's like, this is what we're in it for. Yeah, these are the early stages. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would love to move on and make a, a, a $45 million movie. Yeah, I would, I would love that. You would love to go on to do the same kind of stuff. So it's like, but I'm enjoying this process right now yeah. where it's like, you got to just roll up your sleeves and you just got to do, do your it. best to make your best product. And I'm just glad that when I rolled up my sleeves and I did my best, that something actually came of it versus, and listen, I've made stuff in the past, dude, that I went, uh, nice try. Even I was able to look at it and go, nice, yeah, nice try. Yeah, yeah. It happens, but you have but to keep doing if that. If you don't do that, then what? Then you've never, like, you got to create stuff that sucks in order, like, it's like your thing about your first joke giver or the first stand up. So, yes. of course, it sucked. Like, you were just starting out. Like, you're going to create and do videos and make sketches and write shit that blows in order to get to where you want to be you have to do that you have to yeah it's part of the process nobody like goes out and writes a beautiful perfectly written hour of comedy and then just goes and does that no but some people have an unrealistic expectation that that's how that stuff works well those that's what we're here for we're here to dispel that myth because that's not how it works i will tell you if you have hbo there is a great documentary about casting directors on hbo that's definitely worth watching. And I, I respect casting directors a lot. You work with them all the time. I did not. Uh, in, in, in the part of the business that I had worked to prior, I never really had to deal with them. Right. But having gone through this process, I have so much respect for what they're able to do and how it changes the dynamic of, uh, of the product that you're making. And if they're good at what they do, it really does make a huge they impact can, on They the can film. see. I mean, they read the whole script and they're like, okay, who, who, who fits these ideas that we... No, you know, and in, in the, the movie that's on HBO, there is this big <laughs> argument. If you've known, if you watch the Academy Awards, which a lot of people do, there is no award for, for casting directors. Yeah, they give all the credit to the directors and the producers. They give none of it to the casting directors. Yeah. There's always been this argument. There are some very famous directors that are completely against ever acknowledging casting directors whatsoever Why? in the Academy. I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting documentary. You should watch it. But having gone through this process and seeing that documentary and understanding how crucial they are to the problem. I'm not dismissing any other departments. No, of course not. No. But the product but that you the, see on screen, that's a big deal. You know, that's a big part of the product. And the and fact they that are it's completely ignored. Yeah. Like, completely ignored. And like, and I guess some actors, I think, do thank them. 
Like, I want to thank so-and-so. Well, sure, but I'm saying as far I mean, as like... I would. I'd have to thank every casting director that's ever said, hey, take a look at this guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it gets done. Anyway, I just, I really enjoyed that process. And you yeah. have to see a lot of people. And, and a lot of them, you're like, they're, you're like, we could cast 10 of these people. Like, you get really excited, and then you, then you, have, then you get really bummed out, because you got to, you know, then it's like, okay, now, where do we go? What do we do? And you, you, you need that guidance, you know? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes, it's the director's... Sure. Final decision, but the director is not sitting through three hundred casting audit. You know what I mean? Like they're also scaling it down for yeah, him. Yeah, you're getting you're getting the best thirty, and then going, oh my job is so hard to pick four of these people. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, the casting directors make it much easier. Yeah, so between you know, or or uh, I should say, much more efficient. You know what I mean? They yeah. just whittle it down, so you're not like looking at shit. Like you're not watching the bad version of the American Idol people trips through. <laughs> So anyway, that's it. So uh, Frozen Peas, if you want to see it, if it's on IMDb, you can see who was in the movie. Yeah. Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Love that guy. I, I know I shouldn't refer to him that way, but you know. That's how, I mean, he's done that. And uh, you know what he was on? He was on Spin City. Spin City was, yeah. it was really funny. But Alan, I got I to tell you guys, man, I cannot wait for people to see this movie because he plays uh, the vasectomy doctor, the urologist in this movie. Nice. And it is. He's funny. A dude. There's a dream sequence in the film, so he gets to be over the top, and it's there's some funny stuff in there. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, and then a bunch of first-time guys who are, you know, people might not recognize or might not know, but that was kind of the idea, right? Well, I'm a big fan, and I believe the same thing when it comes to television. I, I, if you look at the history of film and television, ensemble casts are usually, um, unless it's a superstar that's, that, that can carry, especially in film, not as much in TV. Superstars don't have a hard time carrying television. Yeah. They can carry film. But um, ensemble cast, to me, I've always been a big fan of ensembles yeah. because I, I just feel like they spread out the wealth and collectively they bring, they bring a, just create a better product. And that's what this movie is. This movie's not really hanging its hat on any one specific person. Everybody comes to the table. And, and again, it goes back to the casting. And they just everybody did their roles the way they were supposed to. We left a lot of room in there for improv. Nice. Um, because we weren't, you know, we you did we, like take with the what's on the page, and then all right, now play around and do your yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to give, we wanted them to feel like they were a part of the process. That that's that's how we move forward with this. I did not want to get too married to the words, yeah, and over have them be over directed or overproduced or or just get stuck on a word. It's like okay, you know, do it, and then like, how are you feeling about it? You're the character. What would, what do you think the character would do in this situation? And we got some gold out of it. I think that's the best. Like to me, that makes the most sense. Like. Because <clears throat> I, I just yesterday doing one line got it did it different almost every time and no one said anything because it didn't matter because they weren't piecing it together word for word they were going to use one of those takes and it was like you if if I look comfortable saying it like I would say that then it's going to play better you know what I mean so when you let guys like that like especially in ensemble did those guys know each other beforehand no okay so they're working together this is their first thing they're working on <clears throat> it, it's going to help to be like yeah let's get what's on the page and now see what you guys do like how is that going to work between all of you because you're you're also at your not only actors that don't know your characters have to fucking pretend they're best friends so one an interesting thing that happened in the film was that we had two main characters that were supposed to work together and the chemistry did not work out and one of them politely backed out Ooh. and at first it was a little bit weird you're like oh wow this is very dramatic and then you realize after the fact you almost kind of look back and go good you know actually that's really 
if you just don't feel like this is right for you, yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to get a gig in this town in the yeah. first place. So to feel strongly enough of like, yeah, you know what? I don't think this is, this is going to work and it was, it's going to wreck the dynamic of it. You kind of go, all right. And, and, and in the end, after going through the whole process, you realize, oh, yeah. That actually was probably the best. Yeah, thank you, see, you for your honesty yeah. because it helped us in the long run. Otherwise, they would have just been they'd been like, all right, here's my lines, blah, blah, blah. blah. What time is uh, lunch? And then what time is getting out of here? What time is, is wrap so I can go home? You know, yeah. you, you don't want that. You know, you, yeah. really, I really wanted like, this is going to sound y- y- crazy, but like, what if this was the only thing I got to do after all the years I put into this town? If this was the, if this was going to be my mark, right? Like, I want to get the best out of it. Yeah. Right? I, wanted, I wanted it to be, a, I have a community feel from the producerial side of it. And I wanted people to feel like they, 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 this, it's an independent film, but I wanted them to enjoy the process. I wanted them to be happy that they were coming to work. That, like you were talking yeah. about going to being on a TV set and how, how everybody was happy. Yeah. I, and I wanted that. You know, I saw that um, when I was working, uh, like the, the guys from CSI, they had been together for whatever, 10, 12 years. Yeah, and I forever. Remember, and I remember working with them and they were all just so happy like yeah and that's rare just so you know it's very rare like i worked on shows with people where they had been together for 10 years and they start getting grumpy yeah and they're like this is yeah and it's like they're not appreciating what they have and, yeah. and I, I never forgot when that crew from csi showed up you're on a show that runs that long you better be happy because that's that's like a three percent chance of anything ever doing that in hollywood very few shows last as long no as do, do anything that goes past three or four it's you know your lifespan as a sitcom or a or a drama is is basically that of an NFL player. Yep. You know what I mean. You have three and a half years for the average NFL player. Once they're in the NFL, then they're done because body they're shot. Nobody wants to look at them anymore. Whatever it is, same with TV. Like NBC will cancel things five minutes into the pilot. Like nope, you're done. Like you have no to to last uh, an episode. Like like the Carmichael show is coming back. It's like for that show to go two seasons is is nothing short of a miracle, not because they're not talented, but because they're kind of doing a little something a little different. There's not a lot of action, not a lot of movement on that show. It's very dialogue-heavy, and they're making a point with almost every episode. That NBC is usually like, no, 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 I, we need Ross and Rachel. We got to... <laughs> Whereas then there's CBS that is like, we don't, we don't care who's watching. We're going to run this show for 10, 15 years. Like, Jag? Yeah, well, somebody's watching it. Who? Ne- Honest to God, I know one man... My friend Mike Nesbitt's dad <laughs> in northern Wisconsin in Lacrosse. The one time someone goes, Does anyone watch Jag? And he said, Jag's a good show. That was it. That was the only endorsement, the only time I've ever heard anyone admit to watching it. And that show ran for like eight, nine, ten years. Becker. That was a show I had no Becker idea. Becker was even I had on. No idea. Right. My parents watched it. And that's the only reason why I knew that Becker existed somewhere on television. But now, are you a big TV guy, though? Do you yes, watch a lot of TV? I watch a lot of TV. See, I don't watch as much TV as I used to. I I, I, quit, I flipped over to the HBO Goes and the Netflix and the Amazon very quickly. I and still... most of my TV, when it's on, is on a sports channel of some sort, a sporting event. But you know, And you know what, what soured me on television is what you kind of brought up before is I got hooked on shows, and they would cancel them too quickly. Yeah. And I started, I started going, I can't, I can't do the commitment. I would have to wait. I'm, I can't g- get on the boat right away. I can't. Yeah. I have to wait now. Yeah. And now, when you wait, it ultimately ends up on Netflix anyway. Yeah, that's the thing is you don't have to. It's it's, it's the landscape has changed so. So how do you get past that part of it when you start watching shows? Do you're, you're fine with it if you just turn it on and it gets canceled after six episodes. You're fine. Well, it's weird because a lot of stuff I do watch now is Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. You know what I mean? Like Catastrophe wasn't it was out for a season. They put the whole season out at once. It's not going to get canceled. I can watch the whole thing. You know what I mean? Whereas 
Like I, I, I do choose the dramas more careful. Like I, I Blacklist, Walking Dead, things that I know are, have a life. You know what I mean? Because I've, you know, I tried getting into certain things, but then usually the things that cancel, they, that, like when Lost was really popular. They tried to do like three or four versions of like some crazy show about Lot where no one knew what was going on. And I watched like a couple episodes of each one and I was like, yeah, no, it's not Lost. You're not, I know what you're doing. Yes. I know what you're doing. You're trying to capture that audience, but you're not. I'm not, I'm not. No, it, it, it came and it went. It was over. Yeah, it was, on. it was, it was like that little fad of like, okay, now no one should know anything about these plots because they should be insane. <laughs> and then after a while, like, yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know if it's not Sawyer and Jack. I don't know. I don't want to watch this, you know? So, uh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, except for. You're saying it's no aftermash, is what you're Oh, my saying. God. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, the, the show that did kind of was one of the final burns was, uh, I loved this show called Life on Mars. Okay. And it was on ABC, had Chris Imperioli, Harvey Keitel, and the main guy, I forget his name, but he was great. I hope I'm not, I, I, I won't give anything away, but I think they found out in the middle of the season that they were being canceled. And they ended the show uh, at the season finale was the series finale. And it was crazy to me, just knowing it, it, the, the what ending, was that show about? That's the thing. It was about a guy who was a cop in like modern day, and then he got hit by a car and woke up, and he was a cop in the 70s. That's right. Okay, that's right. And his, he was new to the force, or he went in and got a job as a cop or whatever it was, and then he had to like help his mom raise him. to, And then he had this girl. It was, it was bizarre. And then there were these little robot things that would float around. It was really interesting and really weird. And then the last episode, you're like, oh, that's cool. And you would have really, I, I personally, just being who I am, if you're in it for the cop part of it, the ending might destroy you and piss you off. But if you could see that there might be a lot more weirdness. Well, now I'm going to watch it. How many total episodes is it? I think like six or seven, okay. maybe eight. That's not, that's, that's a, I, I committed myself to uh, you know Friday Night Lights, which is you know like seven eight seasons. Right, so. and I, th- I you know what, and it might be more than that because it ran like a regular season on ABC. Okay, and I made my brother watch it, and then I told call me call me watch the whole show and call me before the finale. So we, I went over to his house and we watched the finale together. He was like, "Dude, what? It's just it, it's not and and it's when you're watching it, it's not mind blowing in terms of today's filmmaking or TV making or anything. It's not." It was just for the time. I thought it was really well done. I really liked the acting. I liked everybody on it, and I loved the ending. I don't know. It was weird. Well, now I have no choice but to watch it. Yeah, I would love to hear what you think. I would. That's I a think good sales pitch there, buddy. Yeah, and that's why I didn't because I could have just ruined the end and just told you what the end was. Well, but. then yeah, then yeah, and I, I can't if you do that. That's like people oh say, no, oh, you record the record the game. No, like, no, I can't record the game because somebody tells me what the end of the game is. I'll fight them. What's the point? Yeah. What is the point of watching it now if you know what the ending of the game? You can't is? you can't? No, no, you can't. And, and and and. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to watch the show at all, knowing the end. Because it would have just kind of wrecked everything. You would have you would have been like, okay, yeah, well, that's this, and that's this, and that's this, and that's this. You would have just put it all, it would have just sucked. Yeah. It, it would have, you wouldn't have gotten past the first episode. Well, <clears throat> this is the end of this episode. Wow, I feel like I just did a uh, plug for Life on Mars. That's fine. ABC, Chris Imperioli. And do a plug for the TV show? Uh, oh, Angel from Hell yeah. uh, premieres, I think, November 5th. Network? Uh, uh, CBS. Um, Jane Lynch, Kevin Pollack, John Huck. Yeah, I'm in one episode. I think it's like the fifth Whatever. or sixth episode. So what? No, I'm just saying. It's like I, we we talked about it last last show, and people were very supportive online. And I'm just like, 
I, I hope people don't think that they're going to tune in and see me on every show. No, no, that no, they, that would have been uh, Last Comic Standing. Yeah, yeah. When you I you were on every episode. Uh huh. Uh huh. In my heart. In your heart. <laughs> I, for the record, I was never on that show. I know. Yeah. yeah let's just put that to bed. Uh, also, what I was going to say was, uh, you were talking about oh ensemble cast and stuff, and I was listening to a, a fairly uh, big named actor who directs movies too, and he was talking about. Uh, Oh, what was it? He was just talking about, uh, oh, basically having fun and letting, like, letting the actors kind of do what they want for a portion of it, just to, to get into it. You know what I mean? It's like I think that's you were saying important, but I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Caddyshack and oh Caddyshack. I mean, you know, if, you, first of all, if you're not a huge fan of Caddyshack, turn the podcast off and go jump off a bridge. But I mean, ensemble. I mean, that, that's oh like, yeah, right. That's like yeah. a classic case of an ensemble cast. Yeah, or, yeah. Where where and you you spread it out, and it's not all about because to me, one person carrying a movie, it's like as good as Pacino is and godfather it's an ensemble cast you know what i mean it's, mm. it's like casino is an ensemble cast goodfellas is an ensemble cast it's like those movies are and i don't mean to keep using gangster movies but yeah, apparently uh but the best all, ensemble films are gangster films i think you know the first alien is an ensemble cast i think uh star wars is an ensemble cast yeah. i think indiana jones not so much and, and just to be clear what, what what we mean by that is like it's not a tom cruise movie where like right, you where can say every, it's an ensemble cast but that's a tom cruise movie. every time like, it's just tom it, cruise yeah. every 98 yeah. percent of the that's time that's a star or an arnold schwarzenegger but those are star driven movies right, where they yeah. are the stars of it where yeah these other movies that we're talking about even though like i mean just caddyshack stripes all those things that you yeah. remember so many different obviously i'm Bill Murray was 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 great at being oh, an ensemble. Oh my God, Bill Murray is one of the funniest. When he actors does this podcast, time. and he will eventually. Oh, he's going to be podcast. on. Doesn't he just stop by places all the time? Yeah, but we have to ask him. Nah, he can just come by. He's well, he big. needs to know where to go. Oh, and he, you have to give him his very specific time, and always have an open invite. And eventually, I think he'll show up at the doorstep. So we should call that eight hundred number. Is it still exists? Is the eight hundred number? We have to find yeah. out about. Bill that. Murray's never had an agent or a manager. He has an eight hundred number you can call, and you can uh, make pitches, which I believe is how he got Garfield. <laughs> By the way, I, I always say this: one of the greatest uh, um, uh, cameos ever is in the uh, in that zombie movie. Oh yeah, in um, what's this, that movie? Oh, how, why would I say that and forget what it's called? It doesn't Zombieland. matter. Zombieland. Zombieland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, greatest. Yeah. And that any regrets? Great line. <laughs> Great line. That's all. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of, if you haven't seen Zombieland, you got to watch it. Uh, what do you got coming up? Anything? Plug. This will be out tomorrow. Go Cubs, man. No, no, just go uh, Cubs. I uh, I wish the Cubs the best of. Uh, and the- for the record, I don't. I'm not like really mad at my friend Eric Henning. I just say stuff, you know. Whatever. I don't. I think. I think that was a long time ago. Uh, please do me a favor, you guys. Go to Facebook and uh, like the Frozen Peas page. I really need uh, John. Tell all your people to like that Frozen Peas. Page. All my it. people. I want to get them. You got a lot of people. Don't, don't you people. pretend like you got. You're, you're a very powerful man. Listen, oh, to your yeah. speech about life on Mars. I mean, that changes people's lives. Oh, I hope you. I hope people watch it. I, I have work to do today, but I may not do it now because you're I need to find watch out. Life on yeah, Mars. I need to find out about Fair life enough. on Mars. No, but um, go to the Frozen Peas page, like it. Uh, a lot of fun uh, stuff. I, I, I interviewed a lot of the uh, the cast members. Um, uh, I'm going to take people through a tutorial on how to make fake testicles. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff on there. And uh, if you are curious who's in the movie, just go to IMDb and uh, check it out there as well. The movie's going to come out soon. It's going to be funny, man. Yeah. Really and, and, uh, I'm, excited, I'm excited to still be a part of the process. And I... 
Being in the music business all, for a large portion of my life, I know, unfortunately, until the general public gets it, they make the final decision. And sure. I, and I know, I, I believe that people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's great, man. I look forward to seeing it. Let me know when the next screening is. I'll give my notes. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 